Seven. 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 What do you know about seven? Pay us. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. Hi gang, I'm Dre Harrison and welcome back to the World Series of Dice. No, sorry, episode 259 <laughs> of Motorsport 101. Uh, I'm Dre Harrison, good to be back with you once again. And uh, oh, man, this double bill we're going to be recording is uh, hey, commemorating two world champions being crowned uh, this same weekend in Formula 1 and in MotoGP. And uh, with me as always is Grits and Gravy, RJ O'Connell. Hello, sir. So take me back to Constantinople, but you can't go back to Constantinople. It's been a long time gone, Constantinople. Why did Constantinople get the works? Well, that's nobody's business but the Turks. Hi, everyone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they Might Be Giants has been living rent-free in my head for the, for the first time since I tried to watch Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, Lord. Lord. <laughs> Uh, or, as I, or as we now call it now, the thing that Brian Cranston used to do before he was Walter White. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I was going to say, I was like, Brian Cranston's other classic. Um, also, we've got Ashley Larry, Ryan King. Hello, sir. <laughs> yes, even in the age of coronavirus, socially distanced, we're still able to give you play-by-play coverage of all that clickety-clack from this year's <laughs> World Series of Dice. Indeed. And, uh... <laughs> oh, breaking news. The game has been robbed by COVID-19, a.k.a. Cam Buckley. Hello, sir. Hi, everyone. You may be wondering, if you're watching this on YouTube, why my picture is a man with magnificent hair laying in bed after a night of fantastic sex with his world championship trophy. <laughs> 20 years of trying. 20 years of frustration. Elio Castroneves is finally a champion in something. I, I know yeah. I, I, I know. we don't think highly of that other endurance championship, but is IMSA's championship really a world championship? No! Hey. No! Not even hey. close! It's a regional you, championship. In most years, they race in Canada. Hey, hey. <laughs> oh, stop. Stop. Means a lot. Stop. <laughs> That's just classic American er- American arrogance right there. It's like they call themselves the World Series. They call everything a world championship, even though they only compete in two countries in the same continent. Hey, they call it the World Endurance Championship, and they have one top flight manufacturer. In fact, they have yeah, one well, top flight team. Yeah, well, we're Europe, okay? And we're better. <laughs> really, how'd that, uh, how'd that go in the uh, 30s and 40s for y'all? Mm. So, before we relive stories about the war, what are we talking about today? Well, in this first part of the doubleheader, we'll be talking about uh, the game getting robbed of the World Series of Dice and talking about the Turkish Grand Prix. Um, And this was uh, quite the chaotic affair, maybe Formula One's best race of the year. Um, and whatnot, and all the drama regarding a track that was only barely resurfaced, um, rain, lots of rain, a crane, um, and the championship coming back home to Lewis Hamilton in shocking news. I know you're all massively surprised that Hamilton wrapped it up three whole races early. I I mean, I mean, shit. You know, Um, I just couldn't see it coming. No, I just, I just, how? How did we get to that point? We'll talk all about it in a chaotic Turkish Grand Prix, but also get into uh, some of the news 
as well. Um, We've got some fun stuff to get into as well. We've got Racing Points weekend. We'll have the big reshuffle in the undercard, which we got in between these weekends being announced uh, for the undercard, i.e. Formula 2, Formula 3, and the new addition to the undercard coming soon. Uh, Well, a bit of a new reshuffle, I guess you could say. It's still there. You could say that the new addition is a big W. Hey. Hey, hey. I would stand for this Porsche Super Cup Erasure. Um, at least yeah, the true <laughs> pinnacle of motorsport. The Porsche Super Cup. Hey. Uh, all of that. And we'll talk a little bit of IndyCar season news because the man with magnificent hair is coming back. But uh, how may you ask? We'll talk more about not Colton Herter a little bit towards the end of the show. So all of that and the Turkish Grand Prix coming up over the next 45 minutes to an hour or so. But in the meantime, basically you can find this right now, um, we're on youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. If you're watching this on YouTube, hi, nice to see you. Uh, Subscribe, hit the bell, you can get notifications on when the next video goes up. Uh, And hey, you might even get the note when I'm actually streaming again, because I was on there earlier this week as well. That was fun. Um, Did do my bet for, do my best for better Russian, Russian relations. You'd have to be there to see it. It was fun. Um, All of that on Facebook accounts here <laughs> never oh never uh we're on facebook.com forward slash motorsport 101 or on twitter at motorsport underscore 101 our handles are on the screen right now if you're watching on youtube in the description down below uh but if you're not listening to us on uh, video and on audio instead it's at harrison 101 hd at rj o'connell at ryan eric king at c buckley 917 and of course the show itself on motorsport 101 Motorsport underscore 101, I should say. Sorry about that. Um, we're also on Instagram, on Instagram at motorsport101pod. Yeah, yeah, look, there you go. I'm just showing it off. It's very sexy. We've got bonus content, funny jokes, all the, you know, all that fun stuff in there. Uh, I might even mention that RJ ended up in Twitter jail for complimenting a darts player. It's, it's funny how these things turn out. Um, they only just let him go about 12 hours ago, bless him. It was a hard, it was a hard stint for him. Um, how would <laughs> but- you compare... You know, RJ, how would you compare Twitter jail to horny jail? Um, <laughs> to be honest, I, I really need to be in Twitter jail. I just need less time on social media because it's stressful. It is stressful. Like I cannot argue with that as, as we plug all our social media. Um, you can check us out on our website, <laughs> motorsport101.com. Uh, I wrote a piece on there about Lewis Hamilton's Tyler Wynn, a company in this podcast. If you want to go out of there and check that, check out the blog section if you want to check that out, as well as a fun read about uh, the two um, moving on stalwarts of MotoGP and Cal Crutchlow and Andrea Davizioso. So check them out if you haven't already. I was actually quite proud of those two. Um, and you can check us out on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. $5 gets you early access to all of the audio editions of the show. You can upgrade to the $10 version for the video versions of the show, as well as access to the supporters club of the Discord server where you can listen to these shows live as they're being recorded. Uh, shout out to Sasha, to Tony, to Vince and Vic. Hope you guys are having a good one in there. Enjoy this couple of shows we've got recording on tonight. But uh, without further ado, let's get into the Turkish Grand Prix. Another new track return, another spicy bit of controversy before the weekend even started. Like the resurfacing of Istanbul Park Circuit was only about 10 days before the weekend was due to start. So much so that the bitumen for the track still hadn't fully set in places. So even before the eventual rain on Saturday and Sunday, the new surface was ultra slippery, with cars lapping 10 to 12 seconds slower 
than predicted. It only got worse during FP3 in Saturday qualify when it rained overnight on the Friday. Q1 had a 45-minute red flag delay due to borderline undrivable conditions, including Kimi Raikkonen having to be towed off the track at the end of the session. This drew fire from the fans as race director Michael Massey started Q2, despite there being double-waved yellows as the crane was still removing the car as the session started. Yikes. Despite Max Verstappen finding bucket loads of time as the track improved over the day, it was Lance Stroll at the death who gambled on intermediate tyres and stole his first career pole position, which led to jubilation from the Canadian and assault behind the recycling bin for the Dutchman. Grid penalties also came for Carlos Sainz for impeding Daniel Kvyat, three places for him, and Lando Norris for ignoring double-waved yellows because his team told him to keep going. Five places for that one. The race got underway with another wet track, and it was early drama as Lance Stroll took off for the lead. Valtteri Bottas was caught up in an Esteban Ocon spin and fell down the order, and Sebastian Vettel somehow gained eight places on the opening lap to end up third after Hamilton went offline and dropped to fifth. The two Start racing... of the gods. <laughs> yeah, Jesus. The two racing points had taken off early on, but Verstappen was closing in on Perez until he got a wash on the back straight and spun himself out. Albon had passed Vettel's Ferrari, but Hamilton was stuck behind. By lap 37, Stroll's early lead had evaporated due to unbeknownst car damage at the time, having a negative impact on his tyres. He would fall down the field and eventually finish in 8th after a second stop for a fresh set of inters didn't work at all. And with DRS open in the later stages, Hamilton found his foot and overtook Perez for the lead with 21 laps to go. As Lewis took off, Charles Leclerc stormed through the field and led the chase for the podium, passing Verstappen with 14 laps left. Hamilton would rip off a massive 31-second lead, en route to his 10th win of the year, the biggest winning margin in the sport for over five years. Brackets. China's 2016 was the last time someone had a margin of victory that big in this sport. And more importantly, sealing his seventh world championship to become the sport's greatest statistical driver. Chaos on the final lap behind as Charles Leclerc tried a do-or-die move for second on Sergio Perez at the final hairpin, went wide, Perez kept his second, matching his career-high finish, and opened the door for Sebastian Vettel to take third and score his first podium of the season, nabbing the Driver of the Day award as well. Unconfirmed reports still around that Valtteri Bottas is still spinning somewhere in Istanbul's car park. Oh, Jesus. For, for those who didn't keep track at home, Six. Six spins for Valtteri on the day. Um, so, King, how's your 10 out of 10 man's looking now? Boxcars. You don't, you don't <laughs> no, you don't got to do that to King. Come on. <laughs> it was too easy. It was too easy. This, this was... Uh, this was fucking wild. You know, at the end of an F1 race, it's been wild when the cars look like they just did Lamar. <laughs> yeah. Like you, the, the the big one for me was the tires when the, when they pulled up in Park Ferme after the race, and you saw the, the in particular. I think that was particularly bad. We on the really front did right. have the slick intermediate tire because half yeah. of it's slick and half of it's intermediate. Yeah, it's it, it's like MotoGP's asymmetric tires. Like the middle was bold like a slick, and the outside was still the intermediates we know for its its grooving. It it was it was. Crazy. Let's not forget Hamilton did fifty-eight, did forty-eight of the fifty-eight laps on those intermediate tires. Only did a one-stopper the whole way through because they couldn't wait to get off the extreme wets. 
and uh, uh, yeah, it, it's not a coincidence that the three guys who at this point are almost known for being tire whisperers got on the podium. That's Hamilton, Perez, Sebastian Vettel. I want to start in opposite order because, damn, Sebastian Vettel broke the cycle. Oh, hey, he can still drive. How about that, y'all? <laughs> yes. Yeah, he, uh, he, he yes. drove his, first of all, maybe the greatest F1 start I, I have ever seen. Rebuild the church. I wouldn't I'll go re- that far. I would, I'm rebuilding <laughs> this brick by painful brick. <laughs> but Wait, so not- so next year if we rebuild it, will it be green bricks with yellow, not with yellow, with uh, with lime yellow and pink cement holding them together? It's the latest trend in fashion. <laughs> I don't know about this one, Chief. Uh, Me neither. V- Vettel drove great. Both Ferrari drivers drove great. Um, oh, yeah. Indeed. They, uh... They got the strategy right. Strangely Unbelievably enough. so. And I don't know Charles was big mad after the race that he lost out in that podium. Yeah, yeah, the, Charles. The, uh, what was it coming down the uh, fi- coming down the back straight on the final lap? Yeah, he just he uh, locked it up Perez. a little bit too much. He locked it up a little bit too much as he was trying to chase down Perez, and it opened the door for Sebastian Vettel to get through. Yeah, he was already by. Yeah. He, he was ahead and just outbroke himself into the final yeah. chicane. Just just went just went too deep. Went too deep. Opened the door for Seb. Perez keeps his second place by point three of a second going over the line in the end. Um, and Charles was upset um, on the radio. He, he said, oh, "Oh, good job, Charles. Good job." And they're like, "No, did a shit job." Um, in, in, I, in, yeah, in, this was a reoccurring theme with this race. If you put your wheels anywhere but the exact line. You, you were in for a bad time. And if you were driving yeah, the race whole, with a... Per- the whole track besides the racing line was the drag strip of poor judgment. <laughs> ah, that, that was a throwback. <laughs> Good times. <coughs> I miss Hockenheim. But um, yeah, that was that, that's exactly what it was. Like There was a dry line coming through on good chunks of the track by the time we got to the end. Sebastian admitted himself, he was considering gambling on slicks towards the end of that race. He thought, maybe if I can keep it on the black stuff, we can go, we can, we can go slicks. Didn't actually follow through on it in the end. I don't think anybody actually did, but um, mostly because there were still puddles off the racing line. And if you got it wrong... Forget it, basically. Um, far too big an eye fetch, far too big a risk. But more um, on that later, because uh, oh, oh yeah. boy, two two people who are usual podium features just had a, a hell of a day with the puddles. Not so much racing point. Man. Not so much racing point though. Perez had a great our second place man. Perez, how's this man? How's this man off the grid next year? Well. Red Bull seat pending. Yeah, because the thing that I'm hearing is like, if they're going to dub Palisader Albon, who, to be fair, had a very, very good race that we've been sleeping on. Yes, he still did finish behind Verstappen. Somehow. But this was a much better showing after Imola that he needed. Mm. But I won't, but it, it's looking like if they are going to break tradition that Checo's now in line to be the favorite ahead of Hulkenberg. And performance like this, he jumped two spots in the Drivers' Championship. He's fourth! 
He's missed two rounds this year and he's fourth overall. 100 points! He's almost on brand! Fortunately, that just highlights the yawning chasm between himself and everyone ahead of him. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. No, that was a magnificent drive from Perez that really did not put a foot wrong, was on the optimal strategy. He, he said himself, mind you, he said one more lap and my tires would have exploded. <laughs> he, he felt I think like he that was, was the case for a few people up there. Yeah. Everyone's he, tires he, were fucked at the end of he, that race. He, he, he openly admitted he was right on the limit, basically, <laughs> of, a, of a bolding tire that was going to pop, basically. But he, he was able to make it work. And uh, yeah, match his career high finish. He's fourth in the Drivers' Championship now. Um, having missed two races due to COVID-19, um, and he's not on the grid for next year. Totally makes sense um, that uh, he's fine employed. Hey, Red Bull, just, just just give him the seat. Just just, just give him the seat. He's, he's, he's too good not to be here, quite frankly. Um, Lance Stroll. I know he didn't finish oh, on the podium. Uh, I know the race went sideways because of front wing damage, but they'll never be able to take away the joy that he had when he took pole position that race. Lance Paul. Lance, Lance Paul. I've been yeah, Lance, telling It sucks because in hindsight, at worst, Stroll was going to get second. In hindsight, yeah. he probably should have won this race. Yep. Um, for those who don't, uh, for those who are not so inclined, while we see all of the elements on the top side of an F1 front wing, the underside of the front wing is what's actually doing all the work. Mm-hmm. And a strake on the bottom, there's two strakes on each side on the modern wings. It fell off, and it just wrecked oh. the car aerodynamically. So he can never oh. switch tires on, and it, it was precipitous. And the first half of the race, he was controlling it about as well as you could expect. He was 10 seconds clear. Half, he was <laughs> 10 seconds clear, and had they called the strategy right... We could have been talking about Lance Stroll as a Formula One Grand Prix winner. Yeah, That's the thing. That's why I've been saying for ever since he was coming up, when people started making their Lance St. Paul <coughs> memes, their daddy's money memes later on, that this is the potential that Lance Stroll has when and if he wants to achieve it. That's why we were so disappointed about him last year, because Germany aside, he didn't make much of an impact. He was abysmal in qualifying, and now he is great in qualifying. He is, yeah. he is making a case to be one of the best wet weather drivers on the grid. Absolutely. Definitely. So quickly we forget he got third in Monza in qualifying in a fucking Williams in 2017. Yeah, he, he's he's a genuine wet weather specialist at this point. He's very good at it, and yeah. Drove magnificently. Just a real shame that his car let him down. And then, of course, we all just saw him fall down through the field because they, they, they put him on a second stop, just thinking that a fresh pair of Inters might solve the problem. It just didn't. They, he he lots reported graining after about a handful of laps. And, yeah, just couldn't get the tyres on. And that's what made him sink through the field like a stone. He deserved so much better than what the results screen showed. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah a P9 does not tell the whole story. He drove a very good race. Indeed. Um, outstanding race. Speaking of which, Lewis Hamilton, ladies and gentlemen, your 2020 Formula One world champion. And uh... you're all shocked in disbelief. <laughs> I'm not shocked, but I'm real happy. I'm delighted. 
Look, yeah. he he is like he is he's like Galactus, he's just the crusher of worlds in Formula One this year. No one has been anywhere near him in terms of just overall class and excellence and every time there was a, a it was, there was even a smidge that his guard was down he would come back and punch you in the face the next race i mentioned that he's only he's only failed to win three races this season and out of those three he's already every time he didn't win he's come back and won the next one and he's won four in a row and i, I wrote about this when i said every conceivable condition he was thrown at in this in these last four races he came through the Nürburgring, Bottas was about as bullish as he's not, as he's been all year. You know, capitalized, made a great move when Bottas made a mistake. You know, Imola, we, we, we just had, where, again, was on the back foot off due to a poor start, took advantage of the clean air, jumped the field, won comfortably. And then this, of all races, a race that was completely treacherous. You know, like... To say like, the least... Like the, the probably the worst conditions we've seen this year, and probably will see all year. Um, he beats the field and wins by thirty seconds. <laughs> I say I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that this is probably worse than Germany last year because at least Germany last year, other than the drag strip of poor judgment, the track wasn't in this state. Yeah, no, on, it was in practice. Mercedes predicted that we would be about four seconds faster than pole time from 2011. Mm-hmm. They ended up 18 seconds slower. Yeah. In practice. That's how, that's were how lapping, slippery the track was. Yeah, they were lapping with mid-2000s LMP1s around the same track. You know what they should have done to try and put some rubber on the track? Get some Mercedes-AMG Black Series cars with faulty <laughs> rear tires and just let them drive around for a few laps. Yeah, just just chew them up a bit. Put yeah. down all but, the rubber. But that's what they were doing. They were driving their rental cars around it on Friday night trying to put some rubber down. And then it rained overnight and it didn't matter anyway. There was actual video footage on Twitter of the, of the guys driving their rental cars on the racetrack. Trying oh, to put I... some rubber down to get some grip. It's like MotoGP and Sergi now cleaning his like cleaning the grid slot all over again. It's just I hope they MotoGP. treated those touring cars like they were British touring cars. Speaking of MotoGP, this was a callback to hashtag cancelled. This reset oh, this yeah. was a goddamn mess. The, oh, gotcha. the thing is, like, there was nothing wrong with the resurface itself. It's just that you, you can't do something like this ten days before yeah. a race. You had you ten days, days before a race. And they were when did watching... they add this event to the calendar? When did they add this event to the calendar? Oh, Ages ago. Like, three months ago. Yeah, three yeah, months yeah. ago, roughly. Yeah. Yeah, you, you had, had time. time. You had time. Yeah, sometime at least. Plenty of time. And... Yeah. Yeah, like I said, you can't, like the track hadn't even fully dried yet. Apparently, they were washing it every two to three days in the run up to the weekend as well. So it was even even more slippery by the time the cars got around there. No wonder they were twenty seconds a lap slower than they were predicting. It's 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 ridiculous. It, it it was it was the perfect storm of just it being a hot mess and. We're kind of lucky to a degree that we didn't have a serious incident out there because it could have been. We we, we flirted oh, with it. Well, like, we, need to talk, like, we need to talk about this. No, even before uh, we get to that, they couldn't even go fast enough to have a serious incident. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, like these were relative to their actual performance. These this was like the slowest F1 cars have been in the dry for like fucking 20 years. Easily, probably more. Um, so it's like the introduction of groove tires. I think yeah. we should go back to more circuits that have been pretty much disused for about eight years. I don't know about y'all. Old Hawk and High, but don't deforest any of the track. <laughs> <laughs> How is the tree? See- <laughs> oh no, we get to see what F1 cars are like when they're set up with dirt tires and off-road suspensions. Hey, NASCAR's doing it. <laughs> Dirt 5 okay. out now on um, on PS4, Xbox 3, <laughs> Xbox One. So I was PC. pretty much, uh, I, I didn't wake up in time to see this. So what happened in Q2? Q1 slash Q2, Q1, I guess you Q2. could say. <laughs> the intermission period. Yeah, I think yeah, right right at the end of Q1, Raikkonen had aquaplaned off at, at, at turn one. He was beached in the gravel. Um, they red flagged the end of the session because they had a they had a crane on track to lift the car away because he couldn't get it going again. Um, so as the clock, I think it's a seven minute interlude between Q one and Q two. Um, the crane was still out there. Um, it hadn't finished pulling Raikkonen's car off the track yet. Um, when race director Michael Massey started Q two. They had put double wave the yellows in that section. Um, Michael's explanation after the weekend, I believe, was along the lines of, well, I thought by the time they get back round again, it'll be clear, so there's no need uh, to delay anything. Yes, um, and he, basically he had word from the marshals that the car would be cleared faster than it actually ended up being cleared. Ooh. Yeah, because the incident was on the other side of the track, uh, Michael Massey was informed that by the time the cars would reach that part of the track, the crane would be gone. That was not the case. That just seems too close to call. Like, like if you delay this your session... This is not something that should be called within a, a close margin of error. You can't wait two minutes? <laughs> and, uh, well, we've already I- had a 40... 40- We've already like, had a forty-five minute rain delay. <laughs> the idea is that like no one's coming out of the pits doing hot laps. No, like it's it's qualifying. <sighs> They're still good. They've got to go fast to warm their tires up. So that's that's a moot point, you know. And you, like I said, you've already had to delay your session forty-five minutes for a red flag. What's two more gonna hurt? You weren't in danger of losing the sundown time, like like because I know people did mention. Oh yeah, we got to be done by five forty-five local. Otherwise, you know, sun goes down, can't race. Obviously, um, but yeah. this 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 was silly. And then Michael Massey doubled down on it after the race weekend, which didn't exactly help the feeling amongst uh, no. fans and the audience on the internet. It was like they're saying that yeah, you know. He, he defended his own decision, which I just don't understand why. I don't, why you'd risk I it? I don't see it as defend. Look, we have precedent for this. Yes, yeah, yeah. We we fucking we saw what happened yeah. in conditions like this. Yeah, we very did. similar. Yeah, and... in conditions like this with a crane on track, there is no excuse. Sebastian Vettel exploded at Michael Massey over this. Yeah. So much so that he's, he's, he's saying that the GPDA, which he's one of the three mem- members of charge of, is going to have a serious word with Michael about this. 
um, before the next round in Bahrain. Because um, apparently the drivers <laughs> were not happy about this at all. Um, and yeah, apparently there's going to be some words exchanged. I wouldn't want to have an angry letter from Sebastian Vettel. Let's put it that way. I'd love to be a fly on that wall. I mean, Ooh, like, boy. like, if for Michael Massey, what's a couple bad words from the drivers are going to do? Like, you can't, they can't fire him. We'll just let him know his displeasure. <laughs> <laughs> That's always fun, right? Um, so it's not like he's going to come into the room with nunchucks, uh, as funny as that would be. Um, but yeah, drivers yeah, and, not impressed. Uh, no, so Vettel's criticism after the race weekend was not about that incident. It was about mm. the safety car restart in Imola. Oh, did that? Mm. Yeah, but that—that's just the thing. It just adds more to the quote-unquote body of questionable behavior that Michael Massey has had this season. So, and Massey did not double down on what happened at Imola. He stated that before he was race director, uh, basically Vettel brought up the idea that a lot of people brought brought up that why did the cars have to actually unlap themselves? No, why this was why can't they just you know. Just change what lap the car is on on the timing uh, on yeah. the timing software and Michael uh, Massey. Yep, <laughs> he blew up over both incidents. There's more. There's quotes from Vettel about the crane incident. Yeah, well, continuing on what I was saying, Michael yeah. Massey said that like he couldn't change it if he wanted to because before he was race director, the teams voted on not doing that. Mm. Ugh. This just seems like a big old pile of miscommunication-based messes that probably needs to be ironed out. And yeah, like, Michael has not done himself a lot of favours because of the way this season's played out. We've, we've already... This, this, this is like, what, the third time this season we're talking about something that might need to be addressed regarding on-track behaviour in, you know, potentially you know, potentially dangerous situations on track. We saw Charles Leclerc at Catalonia, you know, drive driving with, around with no seatbelts. Well no seatbelts on and no no further action was deemed necessary by the FIA apparently. There was you never know. even an acknowledgement. There's no, not even a rule nothing. because because to reiterate my point, you just think surely nobody is going to be careless enough to drive without their seatbelts. It's not 1950 anymore where it's safer to be thrown from your flipping car. Oh, God. So, yeah, it's it, it's not an overall great pattern of behavior for the for the race direction department this so far this I year. I don't think they're going to fire Charlie Whiting's right-hand man over this. No, 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 no. Look, they didn't even acknowledge the, the Leclerc incident. Like, no, no one's getting fired here. I mean, come on. That, that'd be quite well, leap. Also, I'd be so, I'm like, surprised Michael that Michael Massey happened. was by it. No way, shape, or form Charlie Whiting's right-hand man. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I thought... Like, he had... Charlie Whiting had some, like, deputy supervisor uh, yes. at the time that he was running the show. So... Okay. When when Charlie passed, Michael Massey was deputy race director at a handful of races. In yeah. mm. in the idea that yeah, it, that's what I was thinking. In the in the idea that in a couple of years time Charlie would retire, uh, Michael Massey had only been deputy race director for five races before that point. Before that, yeah. he was assistant race director for the Supercars Championship. Uh, oh, Supercars, nice. Okay. 
Okay. Kirby okay. Blash was there too. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Now, I, I, I want to mention Lewis one more time because we kind of we, we kind of it's actually annoying how much we we, we pass this over. It almost yeah. feels like almost routine that we're talking about probably the greatest F one drive we've ever seen now. Yes. But you know, seven titles, ninety five wins in his career now. We're running out of arguments left to argue that he isn't the greatest F1 driver ever now, aren't we? We're certainly <laughs> running out of arguments that he should not be knighted by the uh, the British royal family. Well, they, they, they acknowledged his world championship on social media this past week. I was like, oh, uh-huh. Queenie's taking an interest. I was like, in, F- in F1. Like, it's actually kind of wild to see that there was a lot of tributes from sports stars all over the world. Pele acknowledged him on Instagram. I was like, well, he's a big okay. name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Pele pretty was, good at football. Pele was his, his old mucker, Matthew McConaughey, was out here, you know, and that was that was pretty nice. You know, like, he was on Stephen Colbert's show last night at the time of recording, so you know now exactly when we recorded this show. You know, he was on mm. CBS in the morning. Like, dudes, dudes are making some headway, but yeah, we we are talking about an absolute monster here. There is no, there is no arguments left. Like, We're talking about the one Formula One driver more than anybody who has managed to cross over into mainstream society better than anyone we've had before, mm-hmm. as you've yeah. mentioned many times in the show. Yeah, it, it, it's really getting. Um... It's getting hard to deny at this point. I, mean, I know there was a lot of car versus driver debates that broke out over the course of the past. That's week how so. F one works, you dinguses. Yeah, yeah. Like because I've mentioned it many a time on here, we don't know how to differentiate between the two on a large scale, and it's really annoying because they you need both, and um, the it's 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 frustrating to say the least because. Look, that's that's the best F one drive we've ever seen. Yes, he really he's is. Ben- yeah. Look, we he is benefiting sure from maybe the best car the sport has ever seen, but it's the combination that makes them what they are. And yeah. there there are very yeah. few F one teams that don't try to get the best driver available. Yeah, and they thought it was Hamilton in twenty twelve, and they were right to think that they were, they were probably right to think he was in twenty twelve. He was right up there with Alonso and Vettel, though that was the considered holy trinity back then. And since then, he's blasted into another stratosphere. Uh, since then, he's he's gonna have triple digit wins, triple digit pole positions, maybe double digit world titles. Like the way he's talking. Don't worry, that contract is going to get signed at some point. Everybody needs to calm down. (laughs) It'll happen. It'll be a matter of when rather than if. Like the the way the man is talking, he's he's going to be here for a little while longer yet. He's yeah. He's absolutely not. He's absolutely not finished yet. He wants eight. I have no. At some point, Lewis Hamilton will no longer be driving a Formula One car. But lately, I don't think that the end of this season is going to be that time. No, as long as Mercedes sh- stays on this form, he can stay for as long as he wants and rack up a title every damn time. Yeah, Because on the that- other side of the Mercedes garage, Oof. oh boy. Yeah, driving with a broken steering arm can uh, can certainly influence the quality of your race. Mm-hmm. And it can also influence the quality of your post-race commentary. 
Yes, I know. Oh. It's a year since coronavirus started, and we all want to be over it, but come on. I, yeah, I know. that's not it, Chief. <laughs> Just like, why? Like, honestly, like, okay, look, I get it. Valtteri had a terrible day. He had a broken steering rack. He spun six times. It was of his own volition because he broke it when he hit Esteban Ocon on the opening lap, spinning out the second of his six I would six say, spins. a couple... Okay, I like how we have to talk about six spins. Yeah. Six? We have to split them up between driver error and Look, the car he just wanted to pay tribute to the winningest Turkish Grand Prix driver of all time by replicating Felipe Massa's 2008 British Grand Prix performance. <laughs> it's scary. We have, we, have to, we have to split his set of six spins evenly, but about, I'd say, three... Three of them were just clumsy, and then three of them were, okay, maybe the car isn't working right anymore. Yeah, it's, it's something in the middle. Like, we're not going to get into it. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to think it's funny that in a week where Stop the Count became a meme, a man spins six times in the middle of a Formula One race. I just think that's just perfect. Yeah, to it, be it's, with you. it's mm-hmm. kind of telling when official F1 media is go replaying the clip, and oh, I, love, I, I, love me, I love me some Sam Collins, but... When the two people covering it are giggling at you as Real you're spinning. Res- Shout out uh. to Rosanna Tennant who was keeping count in the back and giggling as the count kept going off. <laughs> that's that's not a good look. Yeah, that's not a she good spoke, look for, for She both spoke for me on that one. And it's like, when the car is that unstable, like, that's a viable reason to retire the car. Right. Yeah. It would have sped in the embarrassment, to be honest with you. Just, just say the car's broken and park it. It would have yeah, like I'm... it would have taken miles of shenanigans just for him to score a point in that car. Right. At that point, you're just wasting components. Yeah. yeah. No point. There was no point in continuing, and it, it, it's made everybody look a bit silly, which is probably what led to the frustration. <laughs> That came behind this comment basically saying, oh, it's been a bad year, about as bad as that guy that, quote, bought a bat in Wuhan a year ago. And look, I get it. Like, I would love for everybody to take digs at how badly our governments in Europe and North America have absolutely fucked up the handling of this coronavirus campaign. But there's not a witty anecdote that you could joke about, like, guy eats exotic animal and gets sick. Yeah. <sighs> too easy and and look it's just so inappropriate like this is a global pandemic that has killed literally hundreds of thousands of people worldwide like yeah. just why like what and do you doesn't, gain and from he doesn't that have comment? the cover of this being a 24-hour instagram story that wouldn't have otherwise been pointed out or even acknowledged at all if a recurring guest of the show hadn't brought it to everybody's attention no, this was this, in the media uh... pen this was in the media pen. It came out pretty much immediately. And, I mean, Mercedes themselves have had to do cleanup after this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they had to, they had to apologize to uh, to China on, I think it was a Chinese exclusive social Weibo. media platform. They yeah, had they, had to get, they had to start a Weibo account to apologize. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, the Chinese public ain't ha- happy. And there's a serious push to uh, deny Valtteri Bottas an entry visa to the People's Republic of China. I don't think It has happened before. So... Yeah, like... Like... There is a higher than 0% chance that that could happen. Like, people... Like, uh, foreign celebrities have been denied visas to China based on comments they've made about China. So this is... There's a more than non-zero chance. 
Yeah. Right. This this is actual. This is actually serious. It could legitimately have ramifications for for the man in the future. So this isn't something to be messing about with. And like I said, all that for a really stupid and unnecessary comment. Like just like just don't. Like what do you seek to gain by making such a stupid remark like that? Like like what's the payoff? Oh, you crack a joke with the with the Dutch broadcasters as you go sports. Oh, like, way to go. You win a banterous F1 station. Yeah, he could have <laughs> made a comment about anything else. Like anything. It's like, not hard. Hey, we have plenty to pick from this year. Yeah, it's like, hey, maybe they should. The should've... cats movie. Yeah, the cats movie could have said, hey, yeah. maybe they should have stopped counting the laps after lap one. Like, like, there's so many other jokes he could have made about this yeah, year being sad. Like, at least I wasn't Mark Marquez in Jerhen <laughs> Haref or something. You know, you you had that's a whole a range. Somehow <laughs> that's less morbid than the thing he said. <laughs> Like at, you could have said anything, the, but that at, too at easy. Least not Nikita Mazepin having yet another social media faux pas along these same lines. Celebrating Mazepin's not there yet. Ce- no. c- celebrating Nikita Maz- like Nikita Mazepin, like celebrating the, the quote first anniversary of coronavirus, and I'm just like, yeah, and shut up, and like oh, the yeah. people making comparisons, like kind of. They're, they're diehard motorsport fans. They don't realize the massive fame gap between F1 and everything else. Right, right, right. Just just, just don't. People, listen. Nick- drivers, of, dri- dri- drivers of the world. Look, you can be funny without offending or upsetting large groups of people. It is not as hard as you think it is. Yeah. Okay? That's <laughs> uh, not what Twitter tells me. And the Chinese people and the Chinese government don't like being blamed for other governments' incompetence when handling this global pandemic. Right. It's not yeah, as simple as, you, oh, guy bought bat. Oh, let's just blame China. You know, like, seriously, you, stop. All of you get criticized equally based on how bad you fucked up your handling of this. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Just wanted to, just, we wanted to get that off our chests, first and foremost. Like, Valtteri, do better. Nikita, do better. Honestly. Seriously, stop. Dumb shit. Right. One Happy more news. piece. Yeah, a bit of an interesting Two more news, on, of news. On, on the undercard here for Formula One because there's been a bit of a reshuffle going down amongst um, Formula One support ladder and junior series and how it's going to be structured in 2021. That uh, a couple of weeks ago, Formula Two announced that they're going to be uh, doing, making some changes to the series. Um, basically saying that, hey, instead of uh, two rounds per weekend, we're going to have three races per weekend. We're going to have eight rounds instead of the usual 12. So it's going to be, you know, basically eight, three times eight rather than two times 12 um, yeah. and whatnot. Um, they're going to separate. This is the big one. Formula 2 and Formula 3 will run at separate race weekends um, in 2021's calendar. So each of the eight Formula 2 rounds and the six Formula 3 rounds will be in different um, weekends. They're not going to share the same undercard in 2021. Mm. Um and yeah, basically the whole paddock agreed to basically ways of decreasing costs for the championship in general. Logistics and freight costs are going to decrease, decreasing costs of engine leases and some spare parts. And there will be no new car until at least 2024 um, as a guarantee. So uh, that's how they're going to cut some, that's how they're going to basically cut the schedule a little bit. Um <sighs> 
What do you make of this one first and foremost, fellas? Because uh, it's an interesting one. So what I'm is glad that, that schedule? I'm, I'm going to double what put it up right now. Schedule? Yeah, uh, yeah, I've got it here. So Formula 3 gets Catalonia, Paul Ricard, Spielberg, The Hungaroring, Spa, Zandvoort, and Circuit of the Americas. Yes, the ladder to, F- to Formula 1 is coming to America. Nice. Conditions of the world pending. Formula 2 gets Bahrain, Monaco, Baku, Silverstone, Monza, Sochi, Jeddah, and Yas Marina. Which I know a lot of people were big mad because (coughs) Formula 2 got all the undesirable rounds. All the expensive rounds that nobody wants to go to. Somebody had to take them. Somebody had to take those rounds that just so happened to be Formula 2. Like, is it a hot take that for the most part, I'm okay with the Formula 2 calendar, except Baku and Silverstone. Those are the only two rounds on the F2 calendar I absolutely don't like. That's oh. fine. <clears throat> that is a hot take because Formula 2 at Baku is batshit crazy. And I'm not in a good way. <laughs> no, not, not, it's That's... not the good kind of chaos. It's the what the fuck am I watching kind of chaos. Right, right, right. <coughs> like back, like for, like the impression that I got when I saw the calendars was that basically Formula Two were taking one for the team on this one, and taking all the undesirable rounds that people go mad about on social media. Well, Formula Three has the fun, largely European schedule, um, in, apart from the big American finale. Too bad for King, his man's Logan Sargent is not going to be in that finale now when he could have had a championship decider in his home country instead. Ain't that a shitter? Um, oh, yeah, it's just like Formula 2 usually drags good races out of these events that nobody likes in F1 cars anyway. Yeah, they had a, they had a photo finish in Monaco. Monaco, of all places. Monaco. Monaco. In, yeah, so I'm fine with it. And like any move to reduce costs on the junior ladder is absolutely a good thing. Um, you know, we, we uh, what, what what is the number one complaint people talk about with junior series? costs it's running costs the expenses so the fact that the series has openly acknowledged that yeah we need to cut costs and we're going to make things a bit cheaper for everybody involved it can only be a good thing yeah because in in one foul swoop they were able to shrink their calendar by a third yeah easy yeah. just just add, just add more races it's the yeah. easy compromise triple and, header weekends yeah yeah and and you know what for, i don't know about you about you guys in america but um personally from, from an entertainment standpoint i thought it was a little bit overwhelming juggling formula two and formula three sometimes on the same weekend having oh, distinct yeah. rounds and it's, in america and it is run. extremely difficult to get up early enough to watch f3 I can yeah, imagine. Yeah, for us, it's just like, okay, do we want to watch this? Do we really want to watch this? Like, no? Okay, we're punting on sw- watching the highlights. Because I swear it's like 4 or 5 a.m. for you guys, basically, to yes. watch those Formula 2, Formula 3 races over there. Because I know you're five hours behind me on the Eastern block, at least. But They were trying to train us for the Turkish Grand Prix to come. <laughs> <laughs> they failed. They failed but- miserably. But hold Half on. the Americans were asleep. Mm, apart from King, who, who's now. nocturnal. <laughs> hold on now. That's not the only thing that's different with the undercard. Yes, because <coughs> there was an announcement made that the W Series will be partnering up with Formula One to be on the Big undercard dumps. of eight Formula One races in 2021. Yes. Yes! Because, uh, because what? Uh, 
pretty much all the all the single seater support championships will have eight rounds this year. So yeah, so with, with that, that frees up some room on the on the support undercard for the W series, which is fantastic news for the series to get to get them more airtime and a, and a much bigger global platform. That is awesome. It was genuinely refreshing to hear people like Nicholas Latifi and George Russell talk about this and say, "Yeah, look, this is awesome." You know. These women need more of a need, need more of a platform. They need more airtime, and it's great and hopefully inspire more generations to take part. And this is about as good a publicity boost as you'll get by being on, you know, the, the world's most popular motorsporting series undercard. More people will watch by default without a, without that. I mean, mm. I got into so, watching Formula. Again, yeah, go, go more ahead. people want that we don't know about that because we don't know who's going to broadcast the W Good Series point. next year because Ooh. the W Series won't be controlled by Formula One management, meaning uh, it won't be available on F1 TV. Uh, they still, like, the W Series will sell their own broadcast rights, and just because you're on the F1 support card doesn't mean people will watch you in search for... High Porsche Super Yeah, Cup. High Porsche Super Cup. Yeah, so... Very good point. Uh, again, there, there are a lot of things that need to be ironed out still, plus we yeah. don't even know what their schedule is going to be yet. Yeah, we just know there's going to be eight races, and there's speculation <laughs> that, like, Saudi Arabia is going to be one of them. Yeah. Maybe Coda might. Coda might be one of them. Yeah. Look, in in the UK, I'm a little bit more reassured because Channel 4 has been big in committing to broadcasting the W Series. And if it is, it'll be on every TV in the country. Fingers crossed. While over here, NBC Um, bought the rights and didn't air any races. How'd that happen? I don't know. (laughs) Truth be told, it's because we didn't have a real life W Series in 2020. But you know what? No, no, no. The year before. Uh, The year before. 2019. 2019. Oh, shit. Damn, I'm just not remembering shit. Damn, I have fun employment brain worms going on right now today. I apologize. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh dear, but uh, like I said, I'm a little bit more reassured about it in the UK because Channel 4's been saying all the right things. They seem pretty committed to getting this series on free to wear, which is fantastic in the UK. Um, every TV in the land will hopefully, fingers crossed, still get it because they were gonna they were gonna keep the rights to 2020 before before the season got called off. So I'm a little bit more confident in the UK. No guarantee about the United States. Please negotiate something decent, for the love of God. We saw how Formula E went earlier today when we saw the news that NBC picked them up. Now now you have to talk about it, because uh, for this upcoming Formula E season, uh, NBC Sports, I mean, CBS Sports has signed a broadcast deal to broadcast the inaugural World Championship season of Formula E. in the deal, they promised that at least two races would be shown on free-to-air CBS. One of right. one of the races is going to be the New York E-Prix, and mm. six races will be shown on the CBS Sports Network, which they estimate is available in about 66% of American homes. Okay. Um, and then the other... Six races, if not aired on television, will be aired on a a CBS digital platform, meaning that you'll likely have to pay an extra fee to watch the race. That's a shame. My disappointment is immeasurable. And 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 all the qualifying sessions will be shown on digital platforms only. It won't be shown on television. 
King, yep. what other uh, sporting properties is on CBS? Well, uh, CBS Sports Network. They show, CBS All Access. Well, they show, they have the rights to uh, DTM, which they don't show live. They always show on tape delay. Uh, usually it's same day tape delay, you know, mm-hmm. later in the day. Uh, they also had the, I don't know if they still have the rights. They used to have the rights to the British Touring Car Championship, which they showed on mm. at least a week's tape delay. Uh, so you could see the track record that we're heading into this deal with. I was thinking more about Champions League. Oh, the Champions League. That's on CBS League. All Access. Yeah, that's on All uh, Access. They also bought the rights to the national women's soccer league which was put on all access they only showed like the opening match of their covid tournament and the final on television rumor has it they're still trying to get the world series of dice over um (laughs) that'll be on cbs though because oh (laughs) can y'all throw mason gordon some money so we can get slam ball back on american television why not why not i will settle for extreme dodgeball um personally Here's hoping it gets figured out in the States. But uh, one more piece of, Amer- of American motorsport news to get through as well. A big one in IndyCar silly season. The man with magnificent hair will be back on a part-time schedule in IndyCar next year. Uncle Helio is back, everybody. IMSA champion Helio Castroneves. Yes. Yep, we see it. He's down there. Um, he's just out here having a refractory period with his new IMSA championship trophy. Yep. <laughs> live footage yep thank you Pipo Durati for grabbing just a whole steering wheel full of stupid that of course is his former his former boy of the Motorsport 101 stable Poop Durati oh yes but but before he decided before he decided that he was just going to turn everything into a yield or crash moment how do you how do you drive how do you try treat Juan Pablo Montoya like that well when you you dive bomb Look, when you dive bomb Montoya from 30 feet back and below the corner, Montoya is not going to let you back into the corner to overtake him. Oh. And then, th- th- we're referring to the 12 hours of Sabring here, obviously. Phenomenal race. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, well, the next lap, Pipo Durrani just went over the curb onto the grass to dump Montoya, broke the steering in his Cadillac, incurred two penalties... And that, as they say, was that. And that's what you call a public lobby moment. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I, I played like Elio. Forza 7. Thus, <laughs> Elio Castroneves and Ricky Taylor are IMSA champions at the end of the Acura Team Penske program. Yeah, the full and most importantly, Elio is staying in IndyCar part-time. He's got six races. Of course he's going to do the 500 because he still wants win number four. Yes, so he'll be racing at Meyer Shank Racing alongside Jack Harvey, who will be returning full-time. Elio Yay! will be doing uh, Barber, Long Beach, the 500, uh, one of the road course uh, races at the Speedway, not sure which one, Portland, and Laguna Seca. Damn, that is a that that's good. I like this. I, I'm well, okay. we're, look, where uh, I I think IndyCar is a better place when Elio is there. Yeah, I agree. It's fun. It's fun. And here's it? a weird one. So Michael, so so Meyer Shake Racing is going to be running a DPI next year, and you would think Elio would be running <laughs> in that, but he is not. He's running in the other accurate DPI next year for Daytona. Oh. I don't, How about that? I don't know why. 
Yeah, so, and it's hell. and so basically enough, it's not <coughs> one that's being run with Chase Elliott and Jimmy Johnson. That was a thing too. Yeah, rumors right now are painting the picture of a second Action Express Racing Cadillac DPI featuring seven-time NASCAR Cup champion Jimmy Johnson, current NASCAR Cup champion Chase Elliott, an Indy 500 2019 winner, and my boy, Simon Pagano. Ooh, that, that, that's, that's all spoils right there. Oh yeah. God. That's filthy. Though, thinking next uh, year's IndyCar's uh, roster is going to be stacked with trophies, a seven-time, a <laughs> seven-time NASCAR Cup Series champion, a three-time Supercars champion, and of course we got Scott Dixon. And Scott Dixon. Got, we got Dixon, we got Penske. We got everything. We got trophies on trophies on trophies. Two-time oh. Indy 500 winner, Takuma Sato. <laughs> but we don't have the Vanderbilt Cup. Stop asking. Please. <laughs> <laughs> very true. Very true. In, I think, I think, we're, I think also, we're up to what? 25 one, now? One final point. Yeah! Porsche went out on the win! Yeah! <sighs> Don't All strain right, yourself. I'm, Don't I'm strain spent. yourself. You're you're dying and be, you're, you're dying and close to death. Yeah, please get better soon. And you know what? Yeah, I, I I don't feel so good right now, but that makes me feel good. That makes <laughs> that me puts good. that puts the vitality back in your face. You're gonna go to Waffle House right now and order yourself a triple <laughs> hash browns. Uh, oh. Just just a, a fucking war chest of hash browns. You're gonna order pancakes, but you're gonna ask that they do like pancake art with Nick Tandy's face in it. <laughs> <laughs> damn right. <laughs> oh, damn. You got you, you got to you got to put the chocolate chips in just the right pattern. <laughs> <laughs> right, before before Cam loses himself in a pancake lucid dream that only Scott Dixon would be jealous of. <laughs> 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 and and that's that just killed me. Dre has just killed one of his co-hosts. Thank you. I've, I think I just murdered Cam. So uh, um, while we try and uh, give him CPR, um, I'll, uh, <laughs> in, in my will, I'm leaving all of my shoes to not Dre. Fuck! <laughs> We're the same size, Buckley. Come on, take one for the team here. Yeah, get fucked. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Can I get the shoes. Your feet's too small. Get out of here. <laughs> you, can, you can sleep in them, RJ. Right. Oh, Lord. Can, can I wrap this up now about maybe trying yes. to kill another co-host? Thank you. Right. Basically, you can find us one more time on YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101 or on Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101 or on Twitter and Motorsport underscore 101. Our usernames are on the screen. If not, at Harrison101HD. At RJ O'Connell, please don't spill that drink. You've already ruined one shirt today. Um, at Ryan Eric King and the C Buckley nine one seven. Right on our website, motorsport101.com. Got two written pieces from me up on there as well. And we're on Patreon if you really like to back us financially on there. Patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. Five dollars gets you the audio versions of our shows and early access. Ten for the video version and um, the supporters club of our Discord server. We'll be back literally in some minutes to talk MotoGP at Valencia where a brand new world champion was crowned. Don't stop him now. Uh, until it's then, a miracle. Indeed. <laughs> until then, I've been Dre Harrison. They've been Ashley Larry, Leonard Washington. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the World Series of Dice. Sorry, honey. I'll see you next time. Sayonara. <sighs>
And that's why I put my car keys up my ass, y'all. <laughs> <coughs> Get those cameras in a box. Why? LTTstore.com. I'm just mad that RJ's on here with a 7-Up shirt, not drinking 7-Up. Disappointing. Disappointing.